you remember where you were when you found out what you ought to know was about when you found out about Uncle Joey? I mean, it was early on. I was in the elementary school lunchroom. Yeah, because I would have been listening to it in college. Yeah, a kid named Jeremy told me what that meant. <gasps> Jeremy? Told me, a, told, told me they were together, which was just a thing I needed time to deal with. Yeah. But he did not afford me that space because he then got into the sexual politics of it all. And I was just like, I'm, I'm going to have to go home and have some conversations. Because at this point, I think I'm still with Santa a little bit. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> that weird Venn diagram? <laughs> Of like learning about finger, like <laughs> scratching your nails on someone's back, and yep. Santa comes tomorrow. Hello and welcome to episode number four eighty one of the podcast. I'm your host, Knox McCoy, and I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to the life of idiocy, and we're committed to educating you on things entertaining but do not matter. To find out more about these snarky pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Popcast, and we're on Twitter until it dies at <laughs> Popcast Pod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be explaining Ryan Reynolds. But before we do that, our brand new Cinema Side Piece is out. Now we deep dive a film in our Cinema Side Pieces. We answer the questions like who won the movie, who lost, who's the low-key MVP, what's the best scene, the biggest reach, does it pass the Bechdel test, the Latif test, is Chekhov there? Plus, we do trivia, we recast one role, and we score the film for each of us since November is my birthday month. Our cinema side piece was while you were sleeping, guys, it's such a good movie. So you can get that now by signing up to be a friend of the show or a best friend of the show. Friend of the show, $3. BFOTS, $7. Now, BFOTS get our weekly The More You Know episodes and a monthly AUA where either Knox could have an allergy attack, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. might be dressed as a Prussian prince and have a gallbladder attack. It is a mystery. You can watch those too, by the way, when you become a uh, BFOTS. But this week in our more you, The More You Know, we talked about Ticketmaster versus Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. uh, Pop, Bob Geiger. Bob Geiger? God. Bob Geiger? That? Who's that? He's, <laughs> we have, oh, here's, the, here's the fun part. We haven't talked about it yet, but we're going to talk about, we're going to figure out what Bob Geiger means. Okay. Yes. In The More You Know. We in will The More You Know, because yeah. we haven't done it yet. So mm-hmm. Bob Iger coming back from the Disney vault and Pete Davidson as a new rite of passage for famous white straight women. <laughs> Plus, we recap the finale of The Great British Baking Show. Visit the link in the show notes or go to knoxandjamie.com slash Patreon and join the almost 11,300 friends and best friends of the show. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Jamie, uh, it's time to talk Ryan Reynolds. Let's, uh, I'm so excited to do this topic because uh, Ryan Reynolds, he's, uh, he's an actor. He's a celebrity. He's an entrepreneur. He's a very hot guy. So let's get to explaining who this mystery guy is. So Ryan Reynolds might be at the height of his power. He yes. is definitely the current reigning most powerful Ryan. Gosling wishes. Meg yeah. would never. Seacrest has not and will not. You know what I mean? His movies, they've made almost $6 billion at the box office. Uh, just since the pandemic started, you know how everybody else didn't make movies? He made five movies that have come out. During the pandemic, he owns a gin company, a stake in Mint Mobile, a stake in Fubo TV, an online investment app. He bought a football club. He made a green light TV series about it. By the way, he's in the market for a hockey team. He's close enough to Taylor Swift that his kids' names are in her songs. And he's married to what I would argue is the second best cast member of Gossip Girl. Would you like to know who the best one is? Oh, it There's can't one right be. Answer. It can't be uh, Joe. Um, who is no, it? It is Joe. It is Pin Joe Pin Badgley. Hello. Okay, Dan, Pin Badgley. Dan on Gossip Girl. Yeah. Um, and Blake Lively, she is pregnant with his, what I will argue is his future favorite child. The youngest are always the best. Sure. Uh, well, yeah, they're something. <laughs> they're, they are something. That's for sure. And, I th- you know, uh, so he's got a movie out with Will Ferrell on Apple called Spirited. Yes. Um, this felt like a great moment to talk about Ryan Reynolds because, and I think you hit on why he's such an interesting person. He's the rare celebrity where... I think uh, if you look at him, you think, I know pretty much everything there is to know about Ryan Reynolds, but he's one of those, like the glacier is just as big above the surface of the water as it is under the surface of the water. And that's really interesting for the modern famous person, you know, uh, because when I was thinking about like what makes him good, what is like, why, why are we interested in Ryan Reynolds? Why is he arguably at the high of his powers? I thought it's because he's a five tool celebrity, you know? Like in oh. baseball, like they have, you have five tool players. That's someone who can do everything. Okay. Okay. And okay. Ryan Reynolds in acting and, and just being famous, he is five tool because he is, it's all the five S's, right? Right. It's, uh, he's smarmy, he's snarky, he's smirky, he's sexy, and he's successful. Oh. And these are all things that if you're just one of them, it can be off putting, but combined together, being sexy and successful and smarmy and snarky and smirky, that makes just this like whole package, this whole delightful bread basket of a person. God, it's good to know that Ryan Reynolds' five S's are the same as my five S's. This feels, I feel very connected to him. There you way. go. But I think, you know, another aspect is he generally seems pretty amiable. Uh, he always comes off self-deprecating, but you yes. can tell he's successful and creative and ambitious. So it's not like, is he self-deprecating because he has some deep-seated, like, insecurity and issues that this is like a cry for help? Or is it just like fun and games? It feels like fun and games for him. And I think, you know, uh, kind of to what you were speaking to, he doesn't seem like someone who has a need for affirmation from like the tabloids or from social media. He's not going to suddenly be dating Pete Davidson or being on uh, an episode of the Kardashians. He's just Ryan Reynolds. And I think a lot of people, uh, in addition to him just being really funny, I think we find that really, really charming. No, we definitely we definitely do. And we'll get into that for sure. Well, let's get to where, where did Ryan Reynolds come from? And most importantly, where did Ryan Rodney Reynolds yep. come from. Talk about, you know, that he's the fourth in his family to be born because that middle name, it was like Rodney, Ro- Rodney. Yeah, that feels right. Was Just that a lot of nurse? first name uh, R's. <laughs> How do you generally feel about uh, uh, name alliteration? 
Like going uh, triple R. Triple R's? Yeah. It just ma- Listen, it's fine with me except for the K's. You know what I mean? Like, I'm Don't want to do that. It. Don't want to do that. I feel like the S's are probably a bad thing. You don't want to do the S's either. But it does feel like parents who are just like, ah, I don't know. We'll just figure this like, out. Like, I right. want your monogram to just be all, because your monogram is not cute that way. I will say no. that. It's not, even if it's like a normal, like if it's all L's, that's a dumb looking monogram. Honestly, if you name your child and it's all L's, like just think about that. Just you're giving your child all the L's. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's you know true. I mean? That's true. So maybe it's because in Canada they don't do monograms as much as we do down here in South America. I would America. argue uh, a monogram is just inherently not cute. So that's the problem How right there. How dare no matter what you? That- <laughs> How dare you come for Reese Witherspoon's corner? How dare you? Now, Ryan Rodney Reynolds was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada, 46 years ago. He has three older brothers. His dad was a Mountie, you guys. Mm. His dad was a Mountie and then retired and like went into like grocery uh, wholesale work. And his mom was in retail. He started acting in middle school where his classmate was one Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Incredible. How adorable is that? Now at 15, he was in a teen soap called Hillside in Canada and called 15 in the US because that makes it sexier if it's just your you know, underage, you know, chronological <laughs> state in life. You know, when he was 70 to 18, he had a recurring role in the Odyssey as Macro. He did several bit parts and he even got an award for his role in Hillside. But he quit acting at 19 because he was like, I want to go to college. The opposite of every huge, uh, probably every huge superstar in Hollywood. He actually quits acting to go to college. And then he tried that for, I think, about 90 seconds. And then he was like, I'm moving to LA. Yeah. This is not for me. So at 20, he gets to L.A. He is in an episode of The X-Files. He co-stars with Melissa Joan Hart in the mm-hmm. TV movie Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I did watch some clips from that. He yeah. is not good in a badly written TV movie. I like, think co-star is being very generous. He is very much the supporting, and it's yeah, not no, even really supporting very it's well. Not, it's not at all. So that's how he ends up in L.A., and his career then almost quickly takes off. Yeah, and I think um, when you're assessing Ryan Reynolds, I think the tricky part and why we felt prompted to talk about him is um, I think for so long, I even feel like we made this joke or we described the, sh- the podcast as this as uh, a podcast that loves Ryan Reynolds, hates Ryan Reynolds movies, you know, and I feel like right? that was yes. that tended to be the cultural vibe for a minute. Yes. So I want to ask you uh, in terms of is is Ryan Reynolds generally overrated underrated or properly rated and it can be a it can be a sliding spectrum if you okay. need to be okay so i would say ryan reynolds as an actor overrated mm. ryan reynolds as a producer of online content okay. that entertains us underrated i agree okay? with you. yeah right and ryan reynolds probably i would say as uh this is just a guess as a stay-at-home dad, since uh, Blake Lively literally had to do an interview where she was like, oh, he just runs home from the set to help me with these children <laughs> who have been in diapers for eight years and I'm about to have another one. It's going great. So I would say he's probably overrated at home as well. Well, I would say he's probably probably rated as a uh, generator of children, you know, God, as a right? uh, as a sire of, of children. That seems to be going well. I would say I think I agree with you in terms of all the behind the screen or uh, not on screen stuff. Yeah. I think he's underrated. I would say he's probably, you know, early in his career, I'm trying to think the moment where he was under, because everyone starts underrated, right? Everyone's like, yeah. who's this person? What's going on? Unless you're the child of a star, then you're overrated automatically. But I think you go, um, you know, from two guys that grow on a pizza place. I think that's his, like his first big TV series. I think he's underrated. And then I think once you get to, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big Blade Trinity person, but just friends, Smoke and Aces. And Smoke and Aces, 
I understand this and I accept this. That was a movie <laughs> that for some reason I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say Jason Waterfalls and I. I'm not gonna put him in there with me. Sure, sure, sure. I'm not gonna do that to him and put words in his mouth. But I think if he was being honest with himself, he would know. We both went through a big Jeremy Piven stage. Um, maybe that was because of his turn on Entourage, which again, not good. I'm not, I'm not saying these are good things. These are just real things. That was the kind of the just friends zone of, of Ryan Reynolds and his appearance in Smoking Aces. That's when it was properly rated for me. That's when it was all upside. Yeah. Right. It was all like, I'm, I'm on with this guy. I want everything he has to give. And then he does like definitely maybe, uh, eventually, which I, which I really liked. But then we get into X-Men Origins. It was almost like, you know, similarly with, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Where he would do stuff and be like, that's the Matthew McConaughey I like. But then he would also like be Jennifer Lopez's love interest in New York with a Texas accent. Yeah. You'd be like, I don't know about this though. This doesn't quite fit. That's kind of where it felt like Ryan Reynolds was, was he would be in some roles that are perfect for him and other ones that seem to capitalize on what everyone finds so charming about him. And they were less interesting. So I think he hit that phase of overrated, you know, with the Green Lanterns, uh, the change up, RIPD, uh, stuff like that. But then I think uh, ever since Deadpool was greenlit and like that became his new reality, that almost felt like the beginning of the reconnaissance, you know, where Matthew McConaughey does True Detective. He does uh, Mud. And you start to see when he uh, has some intentionality with the thing, the, the decisions he's making, you actually kind of see what he's capable of. See, and I would argue, yes, like it was like Deadpool was this iconic moment. I'm sure we'll get into it in, in a minute, but I think it was a blip. I do not think he actually maintains good decision-making. Mm. I think he maintains making things that are successful because he can phone them in for the most part. Sure. But I don't think, as a whole, like when I look at life or the hitman's bodyguard or right. the hitman's wife's bodyguard, right. sequel, it doesn't feel like this is a guy who is, he's like, I am likable, but that is it. Like, it doesn't feel like he's interested in being in great quality projects. Okay. And, and I think, I think you're exactly right. But I think the conscious choice after Deadpool was, I'm going to make things I'm really interested in and the people who are interested in me are interested in. Because weirdly, when you look at his Rotten Tomatoes, all of the uh, audience scores uh, after Deadpool are like 100, 79, 60, 94, 79, 94, 92, 83, 73, 80. They're all like the Adam Project, which I think I agree. Did you skip Red Notice? Did you skip uh, it? I didn't. No, that's a 92 audience score. Right. right again. That's the thing. So, again, yeah. you know, the audience score isn't the gospel. The critics score isn't the gospel. Somewhere in between is true. But I do think it's less about like this is a good quality film. But I think he started making when you go to an, uh, Ryan Reynolds movie, you're going to get exactly what you think Ryan Reynolds is. No, that and is true. You're going to get smarky, smart alecky. You're going to get some action. You're going to get some comedy. You're going to get him taken off his shirt and everyone come like goes away satisfied because they got the whole Ryan Reynolds. Experience. Well, listen, if anybody was meant to be the voice of Pikachu. It's Ryan Reynolds. Detective Pikachu in the flesh right there. It's right Ryan, there. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Right. Completely right. You know, before we talk more about him and his career, I'm curious, though, like, what was – when did you get introduced to Ryan Reynolds? Oh, it is, of course, because he and I are almost the same age. We, he would have been one grade behind me. Um, and I know you love it when I say that. So <laughs> – uh, but he – when he stars in Two Guys, A Girl, in a Pizza Place, there's four seasons – I, if you wonder why did it get four seasons, it was me telling all my friends to watch Two Guys, A Girl, in a Pizza Place. Because okay, can I, I, I toss it. myself in there? Because Please. I was 100% with okay, you. That's, that's what perfect. I did homework to, watching that sitcom. Gosh, I loved it. And the fact that he 
And he was like the way he's described in the character li- like listing on IMDb is like the mischievous everyman with boyish looks who often creates chaos in the lives of his friends. That's me. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And so it felt so connected to him as Berg. I loved everybody on that show. Listen, I wanted to be Trailer Howard. I was like, yeah. how can I be a blonde? Like, what do I need to do? Richard, I was actually into Peter, the yeah. neurotic, anxious one, because I was like, I can calm you down. Sure. Like this is this will be great. Nathan Fillion shows up on that show who I randomly love yeah. randomly and but I genuinely love and so that show was I had such affection for his character for that comedy yep. I was watching um a couple of clips in prep for this and I was like it holds up it's it holds adorable. up it 100 holds up yeah. I preferred when it was two guys a girl in a pizza place not just two guys and a girl I feel like that was right. a sellout move but yeah. it it felt like steampunk friends for like low budget friends. And like, that's why I like that show that much. And uh, you know, if you, if you want to talk about a guy who had so much trailer Howard stock that he was like, this is the next big thing. Tell I'm going to call my family and friends to get in on the ground floor of this thing. (laughs) And then I saw she hasn't worked since 2016. And even before that, it wasn't doing great, but yeah, that, that was, I would, you know, I'd come home um, and I would watch. uh, And just so you know, just because I know you have action on this. um, I know you took the over on USA corner kicks over two and a half and they just had one. So oh. just just know that I, I'm just yeah I'm not. I just want to make sure you're like, in the loop on if this. If you can't if you can't be a woman in a place where the World Cup is, I've chosen to step step <laughs> away. So that's not for me. But thank sure. you. I just know you have some action on that and the right. under total goals. So I just want to keep you uh, apprised of the situation. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I would come home from school and I would start my homework. You know, if okay. I wasn't playing sports, I was coming home homework and I would start your homework out of the gate. Yeah, well, like being a good good student. It's inside baseball, but I would usually go home at six just because we'd always have to play something, you know, we always have to do something. So we're you getting home. You missed out on anyway. that after school time, after school special time. I know. Right. So I had to make up for it because they would run reruns of two guys, girl, pizza place. So I'd, I'd chase that with a 90210, you know? Oh, yes, you would. And it would push me through getting the end of the homework. And then maybe if, you know, if I was feeling uh, noble, I'd reward myself with a Dawson's Creek. I don't know. I don't know. It depends on what the night was, but it was just a big, uh, big teenage setting. So, uh, suffice it to say, guys, I was just crushing it in the social game, just really crushing, uh, all my social <laughs> relationships there. Uh, but, uh, in terms of Ryan Reynolds speaking broadly, thinking broadly of like the, the different styles, types, versions, roles, movies, whatever, however you want to couch this, what's your favorite version of Ryan Reynolds and what is your least favorite version? So my favorite version of Ryan Reynolds is self-aware. You know, he knows, look, he can look at his own IMDb and go, I am not a prestigious actor and no one expects me. I am, I am the rock. I, this is, no one expects me to win Oscars. No one expects me to have movies mentioned by Criterion, right? But he also knows that he serves quality face. And that's the funny thing is as I was watching that two guys, a girl in a pizza place, I was like, he's hot for late nineties. Yes. Like. He looks good. But now he's not hot now in that look. But like sure. he was doing everything correct. Tips, frosted tips, yep. spiky hair. He looks so amazing. But I think he knows. He's like, look, I can serve quality face. I, I am the, one of the rarest self-deprecating hot folks yep. in Hollywood it's who true. has a genuine solid sense of humor. I have said many times on record, hot people are not funny. They are not. No. I do think that Ryan Reynolds... He was not hot organically, but with the right hair, the right stylist, he became hot. Being with Blake Lively by nature is a cheerleader effect of how hot he is. And I'm not saying he's not hot. I'm I'm just saying he feels like a guy who was always funny, who was like, I wonder if I, I wonder if I 
went blonde if I yes. would be hotter. And it was like, yeah, you would, you actually would. What if I was tan? Would I be hot? Yes, you're actually hotter as a tan Canadian from Vancouver. It's not this logical, is, uh, but you look really good. It's not, but I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up because you're exactly right. Because he does, like, when you see the early stuff, he has, like, a big brick face, you know? Yeah. Just not, yeah. it's fine. You yeah. know, but it's nothing special, right? No. He could be, like, the third bully on any Disney TV show he wanted to be. But it wasn't like, this is worthy of Blake Lively eventually. No. But I think he's he seems like one of those rare dudes. Because it, it, even Two Guys a Girl at Pete's Place, that was before he got into his fitness phase. Where, um, as a as a, a gentleman himself buying Men's Health on the regular, you know, in the early aughts, right? Uh, Ryan Reynolds was like twice a year, always on that thing, and he'd have oh. the eight pack, and he'd be like, "How to look like Ryan Reynolds?" And I'd be like, "I guess if I buy this, I'll look like Ryan Reynolds." Spoiler: It did not work out like that. But I think he's someone who uh, doesn't mind working hard to look how he wants to look and be how he wants to be, and doesn't have to like show how hard he's working out. He just naturally uh, just looks very hot. And fit and stylish, but you don't have to see the the nitty gritty of how he gets to that. That's right. Station. And in reality, you know, Blake Lively famously is one of the few actresses in Hollywood who does not use a stylist. Like she styles really? herself. Yeah, she styles herself. Because so when she was doing like Vogue does this series where you go through your most iconic looks in your career, and she just was like, I did that, I did that, I did, you know, I picked this. <laughs> I went. Now it doesn't mean that she doesn't have access to designers. So I think she has also been a huge influence on you know honey if you just had a little gel right here or if you know like because sure. i mean when you've got that kind of expertise in the house yeah like it's going to benefit you for sure that's right that's right it's why my offices always look good i have nothing to do with it that's right that's right well my least favorite ryan reynolds is actually internet ad ryan reynolds really this version of him here's why gen z those comments are not kind to him from Gen Z because it feels – listen, Gen Z, in my experience – and if you're listening and you're Gen Z, first of all, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Is it because you love us? I know there's some podcast teens. I feel like the rule of Gen Z is if you're trying, you're dying. Like you mm-hmm. cannot try. You have to not try. And it feels like Ryan Reynolds when he's trying to be kooky fun with <laughs> Hugh Jackman. It feels very thirsty for the Z's. Sure. And it just uh, it just feels like I feel uncomfortable for him as someone his age. Being okay. like, you're trying too hard. You're trying. I see. I think that's part of the charm of some of the – even some of the Deadpool stuff, the the breaking of the fourth wall, the stacking of references on top of each other. I'm, I think my unpopular opinion is no one should try to make anything for Gen Z because they're just going to hate it. Yeah, and the more yeah. you try to make it for them, the more they're going to hate it. Right. It was almost like they they came – they birthed an ideology out of how do we destroy and rip apart Lin-Manuel Miranda? And then let's that's let's reverse engineer right. our ideology from that. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, that's but, per- that's true. But I I, I think my favorite ver- or my least favorite. I'll start with my least favorite. It's the uh, the unaware uh, kind of the counter to what you're saying. The unaware. I'll do this action, not really comedy, but it's with like a Samuel L. Jackson or Russell Crowe or some stoic face person, and there's no room for humor. I think you know if I could make a really unfair comparison, I think in a lot of ways I see some similarities on a tiny baby micro level of him and sometimes the arc of our show and what we've tried to do of like when we've chased legitimacy from traditional places, it's always gone poorly. But when we stay really true to who (laughs) we are and like the things that we find funny and the things we find interesting, that usually is successful. And I think similarly, right? Like the Deadpool character is such a, it's such a wrong move, you know, for him. And he had actually like the green leaner. That's the way to go get into the Marvel universe, get into DC or whatever. But because he was passionate about that and because he was so invested in that, 
you saw that um, reflected in the product. So I think it's when he uh, goes into those places of trying to find legitimacy that don't really understand or respect who he is and like what he does yeah. and his skill set. That's my least favorite. Is it because, you know, the Mint Mobile, like the gen, like I'm going to just invest, invest, invest. And so I have to make more beach house movies than anticipated because I'm trying to build this kind of empire over here for all my children to have a legacy. But it does. And honestly, that is my favorite version of him is that executive version of Ryan Reynolds of, I want to get in with this gin company. I want to, I want to buy Mint Mobile. I want Maximum Effort Network. I want to, uh, uh, buy the Wrexham, uh, FC. I want, uh, I want to buy the Ottawa Senators. That's really interesting to me in a way that I think not a lot of people can be interesting. And I think on the flip side, who he is as an actor and the characters he plays, I think that's pretty confined in terms of how interesting that can be, how effective yeah. that can be. But when you own a hockey team or you're over, cause some of the interesting stuff that he, uh, him and Rob McElhaney have done with, uh, with the Wrexham franchise is just a, just a thumbnail of some of the opportunities. And I, f- I feel like for someone as creative as he is, um, I'd really rather see him focus in that direction versus, you know, Deadpool four or doing like free guy 26. You know what I mean? Oh, we're getting free guy. 26. <laughs> and I'll still watch it, it probably. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You guys, we've been working so hard on all the content for the live shows, and we're so excited to share it with all of you. There's truly nothing quite like seeing something you've worked hard to create out there in the wild and seeing how people react to it. Well, Pair Eyewear is one of those companies that does this so well. Did you know that they are constantly putting out fresh new collections each season? They always have the best collabs, too, from Marvel to Harry Potter to Friends and now Star Wars, my beloved. With Pair Eyewear, you have infinite eyewear possibilities starting at just $60, including your prescription. The new Star Wars collection, it I think it might be my favorite one yet. I'm still obsessed with how cute these top frames look. They have 21 unique designs, including some just launched styles like the Galaxy that has my constellation loving heart screaming at Descartes. Thankfully, Pear is always budget friendly without compromising on style or quality. And you can save even more by using pre-tax FSA and HSA dollars. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. One pair infinite possibilities. Go to PearEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair. And support the show by mentioning that the Popcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com, code POP. Is there anything more stressful than packing for a trip? I mean, trying to fit everything into a carry-on so you don't have to worry about lost luggage or making sure you've got outfits for every possible occasion and weather situation. It's 
It's truly the worst. But thanks to Quince and their versatile, high-quality pieces that are so easy to mix and match, packing can be a breeze. They even have premium luggage options. And the best part is that they are shockingly affordable. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. We're deep into live show prep mode. But one thing I will not have to worry about is my travel day outfit. I got the French Terry Modal cardigan from Quince. Guys, it's the perfect airplane cardigan. The quality is penthouse, Jamie. Quiet luxury approved. And the comfort is pantsless, Jamie. Cozy overdosey approved. You know what I mean? And the fact that it was only 40 US dollars. It's chef's kiss perfection. If you're ready to elevate your wardrobe and make packing for your next trip a total breeze, head over to Quince. Pack your bags with high quality essentials with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. Looking for that perfect Father's Day gift that will leave him misty eyed? Well, skip the socks and power tools and gift him the most unique, unforgettable gift possible, an original song from Songfinch. Listen. Chuck is the most difficult person to shop for. I mean this, but we've taken it upon ourselves to see if Songfinch can handle coming up with songs for anyone. And let me tell you, they came to play. Message to whoever stole my legs. We're looking and we'll find you. Me and my friends that I've made on the way. Like Shippy the squirrel, a butter's the pig. We'll be playing pickleball in no time, yeah. Look for the clues, everybody chip in. And look, I'm gonna stay strong. I was honestly shocked that our Songfinch artist was able to come up with such a bop for pickles, and I am more convinced than ever that they can work their magic for anyone, including Chuck. They've made the process super easy, so all you have to do is go on their site, and they walk you through each step to customize your song. You can even listen to clips and select specific artists or have Songfinch match you to someone they think would be the best fit, like we did. If they can create a song for pickles and convince that a song for Chuck and the man in your life will be a cakewalk. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care. Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free so you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Go to songfinch.com slash podcast and start your song. After your purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, our URL is songfinch.com slash podcast. Don't forget to share your song with us too. Songfinch.com slash podcast. Um, okay, so that that's, uh, I think we dove pretty deep. And uh, just so you know, another corner kick by USA, just like, so you know, so you're one more, one more and you got that. I over. support the LGBTQ community. You Thank you. Wow. Like, honestly, get, guitar, <laughs> what are we doing, guys? Guitar! Like, <laughs> And like yeah. this isn't this isn't anything no one knew. We we knew this like eight years ago. Everyone's like, <laughs> this is the worst. Welcome, welcome to 2022, I guess. Anyways, uh we 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 talked specifically about Ryan Reynolds. Let's talk more broadly now. And I wanted to ask you, uh, in terms of Ryan Reynolds, uh his obviously his existence, his light being bright means someone else's has to be diminished. So whose light has been diminished? Whose lunch money has he stolen? God, this was the most fun activity. I love figuring out whose lunch money someone mm-hmm. has stolen. And this was a complex, lots of red threads. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple, but I am going to land on who I really think it is. A okay. couple were like, part of me was like Zach Braff, same age, mm. but he's not hot enough. He's yeah. not hot enough. He's very funny. Not hot enough. Then it was, I went to Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer, oh. who I think is very hot. Oh, okay. the hottest of all the hots. He's going to yeah. be with Anthony Bridgerton in a gay rom-com. I'm very excited. Uh, he's not funny enough. Like, no, Matt Bomer's not. not funny enough. 
So then I came back to you. Here are my two choices that I think it really lands with. Because I went back to classic in the 90s aughts, who was also coming up right alongside him, same age. Okay. Freddie Prince Jr. I think Freddie Prince Jr. is both very accessibly hot, not maybe as much now, but very accessibly hot and has a great sense of humor. He made some bad, big tentpole decisions that Mm -hmm. also Ryan Reynolds made, but he doesn't ever recover from them, which I think is going to tell us a lot when we get into the biggest W's and biggest L's, something that Ryan did well. But I'm actually going to say that it's James Marsden. Like, James Marsden is the hot guy who proved to us in Enchanted, not in Disenchanted, but Enchanted, that he can be really funny. He can self-reflect and go, I know how hot I am, but I also can do this other thing. And maybe with the right honing, he could have been in similar projects, but he had already been married to X-Men, so he couldn't get out of that. So there was no way, like, to, you know, finagle out of that. And then I feel like Nobody knew what to do. It was like James Morrison was so pretty. It's like people didn't know what. It's like John Hamm. John Hamm, yes. despite the fact that he beat that kid when he was in college. I don't forget. I don't That's forget right. that you did that. Yeah, um, University of Texas. Paid off, and you paid off. You paid off the family for them to not talk <laughs> about it. That's fine. Um, John Hamm is so handsome. It's like you can't not stare at him and be yes. like, why are you so pretty? But I don't know that Hollywood knows what to do with it. And it's like Ryan Reynolds took that from both of them. Of like, oh, no, I know what they can do with somebody hot and ridiculous. I can Okay. I Okay. I, I think uh, I want to hit on what you said at the end there about John Hamm being so handsome. You don't know what to do with him. And I think when we get out of the tier or the arena of actors who are actors and they disappear into roles and they become people and their method, I think then you're you're left with a bunch of different people who bring – different skill sets to the table and you have to understand what you're using and how you're using it. John Hamm is so handsome and that is almost, I'm not, not to say he's not a good actor, but I think that's what made Madman so good is that he was so vacantly hot and attractive that you wanted to buy his products. And I think similarly, Ryan Reynolds is so overridingly funny and charming yeah. in a way that he's not able to be in a role that doesn't do those things. Like John Hamm is not able to be in a role where, because I think in the town, I, I, you know, obviously he's like a, he's an FBI agent who wants to bust uh, Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck's crew. And there was a scene in the movie where he hits on Blake Lively. I think they ended up cutting it out because they're like, this doesn't make oh, yeah. sense, but actually it does make sense because I think you can't be a hot FBI agent and not try to get some strange like John Hamm. Like, I feel like that makes sense yes, for that character. You. you know what I mean? And I think similarly, if you put Ryan Reynolds in the movie, he's not funny. It just doesn't work. So I think I would... I, my theory would be, I don't know that he stole anybody's lunch money. I think oh. he was a force that the universe needed to happen. Yeah. There was a market inefficiency of, there were a lot of hot guys. There were a lot of funny guys. Not a lot of hot, funny guys, you know? And yeah. so uh, because of that, Ryan Reynolds, and I think maybe that explains his rise a little bit more. Because it's not necessarily that he's the best apex predator at hot, funny guys. He's just the only one. It's kind of like how... I'm the only Enneagram 5 who gets interviewed on the internet sometimes because I'm the only one who will say yes most of the time. And I don't always say yes. So So it's not about me being the greatest interview. It's I'm the only interview. Similarly, I think Ryan Reynolds is the only hot, funny guy. But when I was making notes, I was like, he he feels like evolutionary Jason Bateman, but like hotter, more leading man-ish. He feels like evolutionary Vince Vaughn but much more of a classic leading man. And yeah. he feels like Matthew Perry, but with more star power. Matthew Perry was the one I kept coming back to of, he feels much more like him, but just 
you want to see him like he, he seems more at home with his shirt off or like leading a movie than just like throwing comical barbs from the sidelines, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. That's fair because you're right. It's almost like he created a corner that nobody had been on because yes. there, that corner didn't exist. I like And that. I will say, uh, I do want to ask why you laughed so hard when I said, uh, I'm the only one that'll say yes. I'm not that good of an interview. You no, really, really I, hard at I that. was laughing at the part where you were like, listen, I'm in an Instagram <laughs> co- cohort in 2023. And based on your number, you're supposed to read a book. And yeah. yours was the, like, your name is listed as, and it was like you and like Barbara Brown. No, wait, who was it? It was you and. So you can't even remember. That's the comedy of it. I think the proof that God has a sense of humor is that I, uh, I, I get the opportunities to do interviews, but I don't want to do them. But your number, you're so crowded with extroverts who are dying to do oh the gosh. interview. They're that, everywhere. Yeah, it's kidding? just like a dime a dozen, unfortunately. Yeah. You can read uh, Knox McCoy or Julian of Norwich, someone with not even a last name. <laughs> Has she been C- alive in like the last 300 years? Or C.S. Lewis. So there's no one living on this list. I love that. That's, That's what great. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's okay, uh, biggest L for Ryan Reynolds. Listen, it is hands down. Hal Jordan and Green Lantern. Yeah. Like, you know, he was booked for, he worked hard to get that. He, he, he talks a lot about in some interviews about how physically, like, he just really went to bat for getting that role. He worked with an acting coach. He, he wanted it so badly. He got it, was booked for a trilogy. An enormous amount of money was put into this movie. Listen, Green Lantern, which I watched this weekend, I had realized I'd never seen it. And I watched Green Lantern this weekend. Y'all, that might be one of the worst. I would put that in my bottom 10 of all movies. It's so bad. It's edited so badly. Like, nobody cared about the quality of that film. It was such a bomb that it lost that studio more than $100 million. They lost more than $100 million. All the following movies were canceled. And really, the only good thing that came out of it was that he met Blake Lively, like, had a more more long-term amount of time with her. And they end up, you know going on blind dates with other people on the, a double a blind double date. And then in the end, they were like, I think I'm into you and not them. This movie, listen, for context, guys, let me tell you who else is in this movie. Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. Tim Robbins, Peter Sarsgaard, Jeffrey Rush, Mark Strong, and Taika Watiti. He's like, Whoa, when he shows up, there. he's like an engineer in it. And I read in an interview, he was like, oh, they hired me because I didn't have a lot of experience, but they needed someone who was not white or black. And that mm. was me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's so bad. And it and it is such a big mistake. And it actually derails him for five years. Like for five years, he could not get a movie made that is good. Okay. Let me throw this at you, though, because I'm, I'm interested in what was going on. What drugs were people doing in 2011 when they were like, let's do the Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds and let's do the Green Hornet with Seth Rogen. And right. this doesn't make right. sense, but we'll do this. And the Green Horn is even funnier because they uh, got Michel Gondry to do the movie. Right, right, the right. Eternal Sun- uh, Sunshine of Spaz Mine. That doesn't make any sense. That's uh, Christoph Waltz is in that movie. Did you know that? Did you remember that? <gasps> I did not remember that. No. I don't know what he's doing or what he thought he was doing. Tom Wilkinson, Edward James Olmos, uh, Edward James Olmos, David Harbour, Cameron Diaz. That might have been what broke Cameron Diaz. She might have been like, I think I'm good with this <laughs> I think forever. I'm good forever. But with both of these Green Hornet, Green Lantern movies that were obviously failures, I think what happened was Ryan Reynolds gets emboldened to execute his vision. And the same thing happens for Seth uh, Rogen and Evan Goldberg. They want to they want to tell the stories they want to tell. I've uh, famously they've done interviews where they talked about the worst thing you can get is a 150 million dollar budget. 
you want like a $25 million budget because no one cares. They yeah. don't care what you do. 150 a billion people have to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I think that changes both of their trajectories in the most positive of ways to have that initial failure. I do think it does, but it doesn't for a long time. I no. mean, he follows <laughs> up with maybe, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys, some of the worst slate of movies. He does this change up. Awful. Safe house. Awful. He does RIPD. Awful. Yeah. Great idea, the, though. Honestly, it's a great idea. It's, it's a great a idea, but movie. they did not hire a decent screenwriter. The Captive. Mississippi Grind. That's not he, a bad movie. That's not a bad it. movie. Stop it. It is not, not a good movie. Mendelssohn uh, is just like crushing in that movie. Selfless, also not good. Like Woman in Gold. These are all – he makes a, He makes almost a dozen films that don't make money. They don't make a profit. And they they just – but you're right. I do think the – so the, the, the win – is it gets him back on track, right? Mm -hmm. Which is because he his you know you had these B list rom coms. Now listen, he did have very a very important A list rom com, which was the proposal, right? Right. The proposal was amazing. Uh, that but see the same year he does he makes a decision. So I actually think his win is way before Green Lantern. The win is because he was interested in. Deadpool, like as a character in comics, like he as a comic book reader, he decides the same year that he makes that blockbuster with Sandra Bullock, he takes a tiny, tiny little role in X-Men colon, mm -hmm. Origins colon, Wolverine, playing Wade Wilson, who mm -hmm. will become Deadpool. And it was nothing. It was a nothing burger of a role. Like it just wasn't, it didn't matter. It wasn't important. But, and we know that just because you play a character in a superhero universe, they don't right. have to keep you. Ed Norton can tell you, well, they don't have to keep you, <laughs> FYI. But I think for him, that would have been a time. So when Green Lantern comes along, it could have been this time of death, right? But I thought it was so interesting. And it goes back to what you said about how really people are drawn to him. If you go and look, he wins a People Cho People's Choice Award for Green Lantern. Do you know who he wins against? Who? <laughs> Chris Evans is Captain America okay. and Chris Hemsworth as Thor. He and you know why? Them. There's just some personality where neither of those two don't actually have that personality. That's right. So it tells you that he's loved by people, even if he is just a mediocre actor, which also yeah. means that if you're John Travolta, you can't fail like battle. Is it Battleship Earth? Battle. Battle. Yes, it battle, is. Yes. Almost okay. a Battlestar Galactica. And that was it, not correct. That's so, different. Yeah. But like that will ruin your career because you can't just keep making bad movies forever. But it's like Ryan Reynolds kept giving, be giving the fact that, listen, talk about being a white man in Hollywood. The fact that you can be in one of the worst financial flops of all time and yeah. then you get to make eight more movies that also do not <laughs> succeed and then you get to make Deadpool, that is a sign that Hollywood is just – Everybody who talks about cancel culture, no. Thank you, though. No. Thank the, you. The subtext is, uh, you're exactly right. He, if he was some, if he was, I don't know, Jessica Chastain, if he was Lupita Nyong'o, that's not happening. Yeah. It's a, it's a one and done. And arguably, like, this is a whole other topic, but Lupita Nyong'o, she makes great movies and she doesn't get that many chances. So forget, like, if she made a stinker. In, in a lot of ways, it is that, the, the Green Lantern is that dark night of the soul. You know, moment which when we do cinema side pieces, we talk about you know the format and the and, and the functions of movies. Where at the end of the second act, you got to have that terrible moment where you feel like you can't come back from that. And I feel like Green Lantern is that, but yeah, it is underrated. How there's a lot of stinky burgers, a lot of stinky burgers in there for a long time. But you know, it made me think. It, it did Ryan Reynolds? Did he walk so that Channing Tatum could run? Is that 
heartbreaking. But I was thinking about like because one of my one of my wins personally for Ryan Reynolds is the movie Buried. I think it's highly underrated that people would really love it. It's yes. just about Ryan Reynolds being in a coffin, buried alive. Yeah. If you <laughs> have just, if you have claustrophobia, I recommend watch Buried and then watch the Tom Hardy movie where he's in the car the whole time. Yes, 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 yes. Watch yes. that and then just like have a panic attack. Right. Because but like it also makes me think. Oh, Buried should have turned it around for him. Yes. Like it buried should have been that um artistic turn that so many actors take, which is like, oh my God, are you now Bradley Cooper? And you're not yes. just like the hangover, you're now like a serious but for him it was like he made it, but then he immediately made Green Lantern. Like right. that's the next movie he makes. And so it's like you can't it was like, oh no, but I still wanna I still wanna make that beach house money, y'all. And so Channing Tatum did the same thing, right? He was like, I'm Magic Mike, but I'm also Foxcatcher. Yes. So okay. You can okay. Really, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yes. That, I thought that, you were talking about charisma and I was trying to feel, I was trying to figure out a polite no. way to say I disagree with you no. because Channing Tatum doesn't feel charismatic, Although, but, but he is charismatic with his body, right? Oh, he is. And Zoe uh, Kravitz seems to like it. So <laughs> if it works for her, it works for that's me. Right. It works that's for that's me. good enough. But yeah, I think uh, the ability to leverage one part of your personality to get some different opportunities and maybe that's necessary to be like, Oh, okay, well I can't be a Fox catcher. Can't be like a sad wrestler who kills himself or gets, I'm sorry, gets killed in a murder suicide spoiler alert, but you don't want to see Fox catcher. You don't need to see that movie right now. Um, I, you know, you know, I, I think it's part of the conversation. You know, I would say for me, his biggest W I think it would be, you know, in, in the more, you know, this week we talk about the, uh, the finale of the, the great British bake off or whatever we have to call it. Um, and you know, we have one character in Sandro, who is so good at so many things, Yeah, but he has to be doing all the things all the time. Yes. And the net effect of that is it makes everything just good, but not good enough, you right. know? And I think that's what we're talking about with Ryan Reynolds. A lot of the, um, not the Green Lanterns, the RIPD or yeah. uh, the captive or the change up. They're just, they're okay, but they're not, you know, they're, they're, if he focused, if he uh, streamlined all of his focus onto one thing, it could be great. So I think, him focusing on the superpower of the really snarky, having creative control, um, doing things in a really cl uh, clever, creative, likable way. I think staying to the fundamentals. I think so many, not just actors, but just people in life, you forget your fundamentals, like who you are and what you do well. And you try to be these other things to be this more well-rounded thing, which well-rounded is good. But you know what's even better than that? Just being great at the things you're really great at. You know, I think he's done that. That's what it feels like now. He's channeled that. Well, and I'll tell you, as he's Gen X, I'm Gen X. One of the things that's such a struggle is we grew up in, and I know elder millennials too also have felt this, this idea that it's like, you know, well, be a boss, babe. Like <laughs> be everything to everybody. Be good at everything. Try everything. Be good at TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. And I think what happens is you finally go, wait, is this toxic? Yeah, it feels like he's gotten closer to, no, I'll just, I, I can do a couple things really, really well and focus like all my attention on that. So I, I appreciate that aspect of him. Um, uh, I wanted to ask about what ifs, you know, because sometimes we'll do an actor and there's a rich history of like things they could have done or they turned down. There's a little bit with Ryan Reynolds, but there's also more existential what ifs. Yeah. Um, so were there any what ifs that you wanted to bring up and talk about? Well, mine will be more practical. Uh, my favorite one is famously he was offered the role of Xander in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. And he turned it down because he said in an interview, my biggest concern was that I didn't want to play a guy in high school. I had just come out of high school and it was effing awful. And I appreciate making a very practical decision. I mean, this is Joss Whedon, who at this point was, I mean, obviously not the Joss Whedon he is now, but he sure. was still a very powerful Joss Whedon at the time. And 
but Xander is such a one. He would make a good Xander. That's the first thing. No. But then I also saw that he sadly he had he talked about I really wanted one of the roles in Horrible Bosses and I made it to the last uh, round and then I lost out. He doesn't say who he lost out to. My guess is Jason Sudeikis. Has that's to be. Who. He lost to Ted Lasso, which that's is a right. worthy thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so, uh, but then my favorite, my favorite, which. It's actually the what ifs of another person's career if they had not gotten the role that he did not get. And he famously was – he auditioned to be Lewin Davis in Inside Lewin Davis. Which, and he, he talks about in An Actors on Actors, which I watched, he said that it wasn't the right fit. Unfortunately, the Coen brothers were quietly shaking their heads throughout <laughs> his audition. Now, that is Oscar Isaac's breakthrough role. Yeah. Like, that gets him Ex Machina. That gets him Podameron in Star Wars. Like, the, that's a whole different trajectory for Oscar Isaac. Now, I believe that Oscar Isaac will always rise to the top, no matter mm-hmm. what had happened to him. He was, we were going to get him, no yeah. matter what. I think the Coen brothers are correct because Ryan Reynolds in that role is so, to have Ryan Reynolds in that role and then later Justin Timberlake in a supporting role, no. be like, what's going on in this Thank movie you. right now? What is, what but Oscar mean? Isaac, uh, beyond having a great, just uh, objectively a great singing voice that I love to listen to, he was, he was the right call for that. But I can't imagine what it would have been like to see Ryan Reynolds. And, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, you mentioned Poe Dameron. Po Dameron I'm I'm a little surprised that the, that Chris Pratt has like picked up some of those rascally do-gooder Han Solo roles. Yeah. That I feel like, uh, and I know maybe Ryan Reynolds has tried like lower budget versions of that, but I I did think like a Star Lord. I, I could see that with Ryan Reynolds. You know, I could see him uh, outfitting that part. Um, but I also I wanted to throw at you what ifs about what if he stay with Alanis Morissette? What if he's like this is it and I'm still with her? Do you think he still rises? To the same place he is? Well, listen, we didn't even get into that, like his personal life. Y'all, he dated and was engaged to Alanis Morissette post mm-hmm. Uncle Joey. Yeah. And so as successful. He married Scarlett Johansson. I think people don't remember that they were married to one another. No, they do not. People don't remember that and don't talk enough about that. And and they don't talk about it at all. And it's so funny. Like, I think that is actually a more interesting conversation than the Alanis Morissette. Like, that, you stay too Canadian if you stay with Alanis. But, like, ScarJo, that's an interesting – like, you end up in Marvel because you. she's like, I want to see you. And <laughs> you're going to be in Marvel with me. Like, you're going to do it. The other one I have was Melissa Joan Hart. Evidently, after you mentioned the uh, supporting uh, role he yes. takes in the Sabrina the They have great movie. chemistry. I will say that. Part of me was like, what if – what if they stayed together and not like in a stupid way, but almost in a, uh, I do think I, this feels bad to say, but I do think on a fundamental level, when you're dealing with stardom on that level, it, it does feel like with celebrities, you have to be appropriately yoked, you know? You do. Yeah. You have to be properly yoked because the universe will appropriately yoke you if you're not. And which is why going back to Freddie Prince Jr., him marrying Sarah Michelle Geller, it brought their yoke. It settled at a lower level than it yeah. would have been if Sarah Jeff- Sarah Michelle Geller had ended up with Chris Evans or, yes. you know, everybody ends up lower. And it also means Jessica Biel gets more credit for nothing. Yeah. Because and now, unfortunately, he she's the only thing keeping him afloat. Yeah, she's tethering him to uh, reality for a little bit. It just it, it feels like like if, if George Clooney was dating like Tina from Bob's Burgers, it would be cool. But it would it would make us think different. Would um, you not think differently about him if he I was? I would, but I would also be very into that memoir. I would be into <laughs> that Instagram account. I would want to see their dancing TikTok. But would you care about what he had to say about the UN? Probably not. No, no, a hundred percent. And I think that goes back to why, like, we give credit to a lot of people 
because they're married to really famous people when in reality it's like, no, you know, and in the same way that like it, it, Blake Lively is a more interesting, like he, she and he both are more interesting because they're so hot. Yeah. Yeah. And they're in Taylor Swift songs, but it's also, that's what I was trying to actually get at, which was, I was trying to find it. Um, It's like Joe Alwyn. We suddenly are like, oh my God, Joe Alwyn is a talented actor. (laughs) Mm, Is he? Or is, are we interested in him because he has been with Taylor Swift for six years? Like, what is the real truth of our interest? I don't think we would notice Joe Alwyn. Because by the way, Joe Alwyn doesn't star anything. He's Mm. just in these ensembles. And he's a blonde British guy. I can get those those on every corner. Do you know what I mean? It's a a great point. It's It's the Nimbus effect of when you are caught in the glow of someone's halo, you look brighter and you look better. This happens in pro football. All of Peyton Manning's. Uh, offense coordinators went on to be head coaches. They were all trash. Same with Tom Brady. They were all trash because they had the greatest quarterbacks of their time to uh, to be able to deal with. Um, you know, I-, I wanted to ask you, do you remember where you were when you found out what you ought to know was about? When you found out about Uncle Joe? Oh, I mean, it was early on. I mean, I, found what out, was I? I was in I was in the elementary school lunchroom. And yeah, because I would have been listening to it in college. Yeah, a kid named Jeremy told me what that meant. <gasps> Jeremy? Told me, a, told, told me they were together, which was just a thing I needed time to deal with. Yeah. But he did not afford me that space because he then got into the sexual politics of it all. And I was just like, I'm, I'm going to have to go home and have some conversations. Because at this point, it, I think I'm still with Santa a little bit. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> that weird Venn diagram of like learning about finger, like scratching your nails on someone's back and yep. Santa comes yeah. tomorrow. Listen, <laughs> I think to you that what's so interesting about that is... Uncle Joey, we were like, oh, my God, is Uncle Joey hotter than Uncle Jesse? And he was a little. Did Uncle Joey have it in him? And I guess yeah, he, did. he did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you sure you're getting enough protein in your diet? Whether it's for a better metabolism or bone health or hormone regulation, the benefits of a high-protein diet are abundant. But most of us aren't getting enough protein in our diets as is. Enter Chomps. Get ready to find out how good healthy snacks can taste with Chomps. Every bite is bursting with bold flavor and comes in a variety of flavors for everybody. I've been on a journey to manage my ridiculous perimenopause over the last several months. And one thing I learned is the importance of prioritizing protein in my diet. Chomps has been such an easy way to add protein, especially when I'm on the run. I love that they are made with natural ingredients and the highest quality sustainably sourced meat. They're so great to have on hand on long recording days, and they're an absolute must have for backstage before our live shows. They also come in 10 flavors, so you never have to worry about it becoming another boring snack, and you can even subscribe for ongoing savings. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash podcast. Go to chomps.com slash podcast to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash podcast. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com um, Let's wrap up our conversation on Ryan Reynolds. And, uh, do you have any predictions, pitches for like yeah, what he should be doing in the future? I have a pitch for you, Ryan. I know you're listening, of course. I would love to see you. Now, I notice he does not have anything coming out. Until 2024, he's currently filming something, and then he had said, I'm taking a year off because my wife's having a baby. Oh, my God. How generous. And uh, so I would love to see him secretly take a back seat so Blake Lively could have an acting career. Now, it's not to say being a full-time stay-at-home mom celebrity homemaker, that is a very valid career choice. Like, it is very valid, and it's very important for their kids. But I also, like, she's been changing diapers since December 2014, and it doesn't have an end in sight. And I was looking at her, uh, her, I like, if you look at what she's been making, and I will say, there are a couple of things where I was like, oh, I think this could, she could really pop off in her late 30s. Yeah. The Shallows, we both loved. Um. I loved A Simple Favor. I kind of even secretly I loved that. it too. I remember I, I saw that in Nashville by myself. And I was like, that's a sick movie. That's man. a sick movie. I kind of love The Age of Adeline. Like, I, d- I did. Not everybody What was did. the one with Jude Law where she was like an assassin with different hairstyles? And that I heard would... people talk. I've never, I've never seen that. But I heard people being like, that, you know what a secret good movie is? That movie. Bam. You know what it is? It's symphony. It's a symphony movie. Doesn't she play the violin or something? I think so. Mean. Well, remember, there's the one where she's blind, which is all I see is you. And yes. she's blind. You get the joke. And then there's the other thing she was in with Jude Law, which is. Uh, Do you remember the when Jessica Alba did a movie where she was just a person in the world and got eye transplants, but she got them from a serial killer. So she starts killing people. Great idea. Uh, the things, we do, the things we do to hot women in Hollywood so they can have a nice home. How did that not work? But I also, know. I would like a sisterhood of the traveling pants. Okay. Reboot. Like a dark with gritty. With their daughters? Yeah. No, with their daughters doing Or it? dark gritty. Yeah. Or dark and gritty, either way. Yeah. And so I might like him to, you know, maybe go home. The rhythm section. The rhythm like she section. She has like little orphan Annie haircut at one point in that. <laughs> Man, that's a good. Okay, so what's your pitch or prediction for Ryan Reynolds? I think he's going to turn into more of a social investor. That does seem like where he's trending. It feels like yeah. he's opting not out of Hollywood, but it's less uh, almost like what Hollywood can give him instead of what he can give Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and I can see him. Uh, obviously like we mentioned the Ottawa senators, like he's trying to buy that. There's a well, I think well simple, like a big investment, uh, I think fund he's trying to get into as well. Um, oh, he I owns can, that. He owns that app. Oh, does he, I saw another one where he's like a, a, a part of a multi-billion dollar, uh, pitch for something else. So you can tell his eye is beyond Hollywood, but I can also see him maybe forming like a signature production company a la, Plan B Entertainment with Brad Pitt, you know, and try to really oh, just yeah. go zoomed out, trying to make really good stuff because it does seem to be like a culturally conscious benefactor of I want to give these different people new opportunities. I want to highlight different stories. Um, so I'm hoping maybe that's uh, the direction he goes into. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's our conversation on Ryan Reynolds. If you thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know. Nagashani.com slash 481. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> 
Let's do some lights. Uh, okay, what is your red light this week? Okay, my red light this week, you guys, it's movie theater season. I just want to do a quick, quick review of the unspoken but understood rules of the movie theater that I find also apply to the inside of an airplane almost perfectly, okay? Airline attendants and movie theater staff also have the same energy, I would say. They want you to enjoy your experience, mm. but they also want this to be over and get their paycheck, okay? Yes. So let's try to have the best time. Five, five simple rules. A, don't take phone calls. If you can't be unreachable for three hours, you sh- probably shouldn't be going to Vegas or seeing La La Crocodile. Yes. Okay. Yes. B, don't talk to strangers. Nobody wants to hear your take on Wakanda forever, or how much you hate flying home to see your cousin. You know, the one who stole money from your grandma, but he still gets invited because he's the only one who knows Aunt Carol's sweet <laughs> potato casserole recipe. Okay. Hold on, uh, Jamie. Is, is this a self-rule? Is this a rule you make for yourself? Maybe it is. Okay. See. Also, who is getting phone calls anymore? Like, honestly, like real phone calls. Oh, my gosh. I was in, I saw a movie. You'll hear it about it in a minute, my green light. And the woman in front of me took two different phone calls, had her phone ringer on and took two different phone calls. No, no. No. Uh, see, don't take your shoes off. Listen to me. Don't. All of you. And I know podcast listeners are the worst when it comes to taking their shoes off in a, a theater. Don't put your foot, feet on the armrest in front of you. Your feet are not great. Ask someone who loves you about your hairy toes and your crusty heels. They're not great. Don't take off your shoes. I have a question. I don't do this, obviously, but I know some of our listeners do. Yeah. What if they take their shoes off, but they have also brought a big, thick blanket, and they've wrapped their shoes in the blanket? You're Does that count? You're jumping ahead to E. Okay. So, E, don't bring a barefoot dreams blanket and wrap yourself up like a burrito so every inch of that $100 throw gets theater seat or airline seat residue on it. And by no. the way, it's the same residue. I sat on a plane where a woman next to me figured out what she needed and took care of her own business oh. while Aaron slept next to me. That residue is on those seats. And back to D, don't bring your baby. Listen, your baby doesn't have anywhere to be on the plane, yeah. and it won't appreciate Spielberg's vision in The Fableman. So don't bring your baby to a theater or an airplane. Baby doesn't have taste. Baby doesn't have taste yet. Baby, baby doesn't, doesn't get script. Have taste. And I get it. Some of you are like, but that's the only way we can go to the movie. No, no, no. You had that's a God's baby. way of saying you wanted sign- a legacy. You yeah. wanted a legacy. That means you don't get to go see The Fablemans with me, okay? You got streamers in like seven days. It'll be on streamers in seven days. You can okay, wait seven. It'll be days. fine. Okay, what's your red light? My red light is similar. It's a little similar, um, okay. but it is uh, the ticketing cartels making it so difficult to get tickets. <laughs> uh, we talked about this at length in The More You Know, but obviously the push for the Taylor Swift tickets brought the industry to the brink because it shouldn't be as difficult to buy tickets. So red light told that. Also, I want to red light all the heinous fees being charged with these tickets. I was someone, we, you know, we talk about it, obviously, uh, beef lots of listen. I was able to get the tickets I was looking for, but stacked on top of that was this just buffet of stupid fees. And so I just want to red light the entire fee structure. And, you know, um, like inside baseball with uh, the PMG, we're trying to make decisions about live shows next year. Um, But every venue's like, we're going to need $300,000 down. If you have a child, we need that person for six weeks. All the ticket money you make, there's going to be a 38% auction fee for breathing the venue's air during the performance that will take off the top. And it feels like a bad MLM (laughs) where you pay all the costs, but you also have to create the product, which is ridiculous. And speaking of bad things, an update on the patio theater on Irving Park Road in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> it's been 229 days since we performed there, and we still haven't been paid back. Update, they were upset last time that I mentioned this, and they said, when we pay back, you got to tell everybody, and you got to promise to say, we paid you back. But you guys, I can't do that, because they still haven't paid us back. We, we will do it. We will we'll do say, it. We will say they paid us back. How about you but, sell that jersey and that camel coat you were wearing? Put it on Facebook Marketplace and pay us what you owe us. It get closer. J- uh, Jamie, do you remember Quibi? 
Remember the the, the service Quibi? <laughs> oh my gosh, Quibi! I had actually forgotten about Quibi, so thank yeah. you for bringing that back. You remember that? Well, it launched. You mean the thing that uh, uh, you didn't think the thing that Reese Witherspoon's husband left his best job of his life to That's invest right. all their money in, and now she has to keep wearing Draper James clothes to get that money back? That's yes. That it's the the reason there's going to be a whiskey and teacups too coming uh, <laughs> coming uh, to you the sequel. But Quibi was launched and shut down in less time than it's taken the patio theater. On Irving Park Road in Patio. Chicago, Illinois, to pay us the money that we you are. You think owed. they left our store up after these? After we started talking about them on the podcast? I don't think they did. I do not think they and did. And guys, we do not use our power for evil. If you will correct it, we will not. We tried really hard to get them to pay us. I, they don't do that. Us. Leave that in, but don't do that because you are apologizing. You are trying no, I'm to. Just saying, you're no, equivocating we, that no, we're not being bullies. I'm, no, what I'm saying, yes, because I am equivocating that we're not being bullies, that we don't do this to everybody, but we only do it to the, we've actually only done it to two places yeah. in the history of our show, and it's because we tried to work it out off the thing, and then they decided, the Homewood uh, Suites in Brentwood, right. Tennessee, decided to give that baby yeah. bedbugs. They tried to assassinate Christian's baby with bedbugs, so we thought that was not cool. We thought and that was not cool. we're just asking to be paid the money that our listeners paid to see us in Chicago at the Patio Theater on Irving Park Road in Chicago, Illinois, 229 days ago. I think I think that's reasonable. I think, I think that's, that's very reasonable. reasonable. Yeah. Uh, what's your green light this week? Okay, I have two green lights. One is a movie I did go into a theater to see, and it is The Menu. Y'all, it was so good. Okay, it's about Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt, who, God, just freaking love Nicholas Holt. He has a warm body. Since warm bodies, he has had his hand around my neck. It is, I love him. I'm not going to unpack that. They kind of remind me of each other, you know, the way they look. Just like they're oh, yeah. distinct no, they totally looking hot do. people. And I say a couple. They're not really a couple. They're kind of a couple. You, that gets revealed in the movie. They travel to a coastal island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef, Ray Fines, has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Some of the surprises are not shocking. I'll be honest. You expect a little bit that's coming. But I'll tell you, this script is dope. I immediately was like, what else have these people written? And this is it. This is oh. the first thing they've ever had made. One For of them real? wrote one episode of Succession. In okay. 2019. And then the other one's never written anything. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is a ama- this is a beautiful debut script. The other guest, Anya Taylor-Joy, she's our girl, like forever. Like yeah. she's so good in this. But then Judith Light and John Leguizamo are also in this. John Leguizamo Whoa. doing amazing work. I thought this was a, mostly a horror film. It is, yeah. It's not. It has some thriller elements to it, but it is a straight up dark comedy that had our theater laughing loud so many times. It's as if Clue and Willy Wonka had a slick, shiny baby that you want to have over for a dinner party. And you're okay. like, bring that slick, shiny baby. It's yeah. the best. You know, they're really good at their jobs in terms of Ray Fines. Listen, Ray Fines. Yeah, Ralph Fines, as some people call him. Listen, exactly. It's a perfect date night movie. If you're like, how do I escape from my family that I'm with? Let me tell you, go see the menu. It is a rock it truly i mean it is just a good time it's just a good time okay a couple questions so you can take a slick shiny baby to a dinner party but you can't take yeah. a slick shiny baby to a movie no that's most, uh, one that's out of every aaron would you agree one, one, hypocritical? no one out of every one million babies is a slick shiny baby one out most of every, babies are not one? out of your family you had one of your three was a slick shiny baby all three are slick shiny i don't know it's slick shiny baby a great was a slick shiny baby that baby was her she why. had a full <laughs> She had a full head of hair down to her waist when she was born. She's a delight. You didn't say top hat, but for some reason these babies have top hats when you were describing them. So that's just like a, oh, a yeah, thing no, that they I've have done. It. Well, because they're going to a fancy dinner, you have to RSVP. What? So a woman in Alabama, in Birmingham, Alabama, yeah. who is um, smart enough and culturally savvy enough to go see the menu right. is 
consequently not savvy enough to not take two phone calls in the theater? That's weird, right? I know. It is weird. I, and I don't think she wanted to be there. I think she was with people. She was with a group of friends. Yeah. And one of them even said, like, they said, well, her name, Sarah. They're like, Sarah, hang up. Sarah. <laughs> And I was like, no, don't yell at Sarah out loud. Everybody shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Okay. So my second, so the, the, my second green light where you do not have to go to a movie theater and then, and deal with Sarah's. Okay. Is uh, the documentary Stuts on Netflix. Okay. Uh-huh. Listen, I saw this. Netflix was like, you're going to love it. And it was right. It does. It's not always right, but it was right about this. This documentary is about Phil Stutz. He's one of the world's leading psychiatrists um, for 40 years. Fascinating. He's helped lots of people that you've heard of. But this is directed by and also stars Jonah Hill. Oh, okay. It appears like when it starts, you think it's going to be a filmed session that they're having with each other because this is also his therapist. And because Jonah Hill's a patient. But y'all, it's so much more than that. It, it, there is a psychiatry a p- component of kind of walking through Phil Stutz's famous system called The Tools, which is actually really good. Um, but it's also watching like people from two different generations have a lot of care for each other. It's about two people sharing the loss of the same family member unexpectedly. They laugh a lot together. It's, it is very gentle, but wild, a wildly enjoyable look behind the therapeutic and filmmaking curtains because he stops in the middle and is like, So we're filming this documentary and it's not going well. (laughs) And normally I would tell my therapist about it, but you're in the film I'm making. So we got to figure this out. And listen, it's so well done. It made me love Jonah Hill, truly. Like it made me love him so very much. Like he just did an outstanding, he did an outstanding job, truly, with this. I love Jonah Hill so much. So I cannot wait to check that out. Yeah. Okay. What's your green light? I've got, I'm going to do like a grand opening, grand closing. Um, So two of these are uh, green lights that are multiple season runs. We've talked about them at length. We've alluded to them. They're actually both back half of uh, season finales or uh, yeah, season finales. Uh, and that's Atlanta. Um, it just ended up there. Uh, series run and Ozark couldn't be more different shows, but they were both delightful. I feel like mm-hmm. Ozark especially dropped in the middle of like House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings, uh, Amazon show. So like, everyone just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Um, but it really, you know, it was a slow burn of a series. And I feel like the way they wrapped it um, was very clever, um, very true to the premise of the show, and I really enjoyed it. Um, Atlanta, same thing. Just so I don't the the word strange is not uh, do it justice, but so offbeat, unexpected, uh, off kilter, but in the most creative and hilarious way. But in a hilarious way that's like you're not laughing, but you just like want to clap for it because it's just so weird Aww. and clever. Uh, and then the uh, the new one. This is two episodes in, uh, but I greenlit the book, and I love the book. I've already loved the first two episodes, so I just want to go ahead and green light it. And it's Fleischman is in trouble. Uh, the book is by Taffy Brodesser Ackner. And this is a, it's actually on Hulu starring Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, Lizzie Kaplan, and the king, the return of the king, Adam Brody. Listen, he's here I, and he is. I knew uh, you'd be so excited. And it's not just that he's back, right? It's not just like, yeah. I'm, I'm happy he's back. I yeah. was just happy he was yeah. here. If he was like a passerby jogging in the background, I'd be like, great. This is a great time. Yeah. But Jamie. Is he or is he not throwing 600 miles an hour every time he speaks on screen? His whole soliloquy on yoga oh my was gosh. so good. It's so good. I love – he's even playing a character named Seth. Like, what are we doing? What's going on? I mean, on? it's so precious. Can Come you on. tell the audience uh, how often you're going to see uh, naked Jesse Eisenberg? Okay. You are going to see some naked Eisenberg. <laughs> you are. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> a just... lot of naked Jesse Eisenberg. Even in times when you're like, why is he naked now? Like, it is, why is he naked? Uh, 
it's a little bit of, you know, we've already recorded the Wedding Crashers uh, cinema side piece for December, but there's a little montage-ness of that in this TV show where it's just like, we get it, he's hooking up, Um, but you're seeing, you're, you're definitely seeing a lot of bottom. You've seen a lot of Eisenberg bottom. I would argue I didn't like split hairs on like screenshotting or whatever, but I do think you see a little Eisenberg There's taint. Front. Yeah. There's some sack and there's some taint, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. A little bit of uh, taint hair, I would say, probably. There's a Dukachu in the pool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a faded Dukachu because the water ripples and stuff like that in science. Or reasons. is it a faded Dukachu because Jesse has a faded Dukachu? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe it's subtext. I don't know. But I feel like uh, I like objectively, I didn't read anything about this. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I really love the book too. I don't know that I'm, I feel like online it's getting I don't know if it's getting skewered, but like people either are fine with it or they really don't like it. What do they don't like about it? I like it. Other I, I don't mean know. I do do I think we could deal with maybe one less minute of uh, areola montage. Yes, I do. But you no, no. They had to emphasize. Honestly, the fa- <laughs> the fact that he's having that much sex is the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> There's listen, just no way. And listen, I, maybe New and York's I think crazy. That's what, well, no, and that's what I think people are commenting about. Of like, sure. hey, love Jesse Eisenberg. Oh my gosh, congratulations! But. No, but that's the you book. Would not that's be the book. Successful. That's hundred percent the book. So they're just adapting the book. It's super fun to have all these like nineties and aught yes. icons in yes. these roles. Yeah, and I love Lizzie Kaplan is like yes. the secret weapon of this. Claire Danes, you haven't really gotten a lot of Claire Danes yet, but I love Claire Danes as well. So I just, uh, it just, it's really nice. It's not like it doesn't feel like White Lotus Prestige TV yet, but it's just nice, casual, good TV uh, watching. And then I wanted to see since uh, this is this will come out the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, I wanted to do Grateful Green Lights. Maybe really quick, Ooh. if that's okay. Okay. Um, so, Jason, if you just do like a, I don't know, maybe a grateful noise or like a gobble gobble noise after all these, like maybe that'd be <laughs> that'd be helpful. The turkey is so grateful to be alive and now it is. dead. Yeah. He's grateful to have given his life uh, for this. Uh, first up, I, I'm grateful for New Orleans and the Amtrak. I, I just finished up a trip there. We talk about it in the more you know, uh, but I'm grateful. <laughs> for Amtrak, DoorDash, New Orleans, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm grateful for the World Cup happening right now. I'm grateful for friends like Jason Waterfalls who won't let me bet against Team USA, um, which they're up 1-0. They're still up 1-0, so we're, we're good there. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm grateful for gas station speakers for being so loud. Have you noticed that recently? They're so loud. They're like Inside? out of the megaphone. No, like you go you go. Oh, the one at the thing? No. Yeah, and like all of a sudden, the volume is set to like retirement home community TV right, and it's right, just right. blaring and it's just M- Maria Menounos telling you how to drive in inclement weather and I don't know why we have that but I'm grateful for it Jamie I'm grateful because I just saw that IHOP is offering salmon now you know that the International House of Pancakes is offering salmon <laughs> who is that for who is that for it's for someone who's like I don't want to schedule my next colonoscopy I just want to have it <laughs> and I want to have it in their bathroom and lastly I'm grateful for Crystal the small hamburger fast food uh, diarrhea causer uh, place <laughs> I ripped on them a few months ago and got some negative feedback from listeners who had so little dignity and self-respect in themselves <laughs> that they got on the internet to yell at me about that but I want to be objective with my criticism and I also want to be objective with my praise and I want to praise them for introducing a new menu item called the side chick have you seen this? No, is it a little chicken sandwich? It's a little chicken sandwich. It's this, it's called the side chick. And I'm going to read from the press release about this new item. Okay, now. here we go. Okay. While other fast food restaurants have been fighting for America's top chicken sandwich, the Crystal Side Chick is okay with being a hot little piece on the side. <laughs> As Crystal pushes the boundaries with its menu, we're matching these bold moves with our marketing and how we're getting in front of our audience said, Two Chains, head of creative marketing for Crystal? Walk, excuse me? What? <laughs> did you know that? Two Chains no. is running marketing for Crystal? I did not know that. 
I did not know that at all. Uh, he goes on. He says, this brand is willing to take a few risks. That's what helped me grow my career in businesses. And that's why I want to be taking this part, this brand, from the opening act to the headliner. I see what you did there, 2 Chains. Thank wow. you. It also said 2 Chains has been attending tastings in the corporate test kitchen to gain insight and understanding of Crystal's, its brand, and its food. So good job, Crystal. Like, I'm just impressed with you. So wow. Who knew you would turn? Nobody had that on their 2022 scorecard that you would Listen, turn it around on Crystal's. Normalize changing your mind. <laughs> All things reconsidered. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And for government right time, you do any shopping on Amazon. You should go to Amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first. So you purchase our affiliate link. A favorite item person using that link this week was James's book. And it's called Villain I'd Like to F. Yes. This is exactly <laughs> what you think it is. This is, uh, it's actually, it's actually five books in one. So they're novellas. And it's uh, authors Sierra Simone, Nicola Davidson, Adriana Herrera, Eva Lee, and Joanna Shoup. I've actually read Eva Lee and Joanna Shoup. They write really well. But my favorite one is the one called Seven Sinful Nights. Mm. As the jaded, lowborn owner of London's most notorious gaming hell, Blake, Blake, <laughs> relishes tormenting his aristocratic debtors when an errant peer offers one night with his sister-in-law, Estelle. Dowager Duchess of Tolwick, Blake, Blake counters with impossible terms. The oh so proper widow must spend a week in his bed. Whoa. This feels not quite great. I would guys. like to start talking, uh, 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 describing ourselves as lowborn podcasters. Oh, we are 100% lowborn <laughs> podcasters. By the way, guys, this has 4.4 stars with 59 ratings. Thank you for using our link to buy this. All right. I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jamie D. Golden. I'm Knox McCoy. You can find me on socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.